think it's still a manual start. Okay. There we go. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Tesla Life number 209. Here we are. It's it's the seventh day of the seventh month of 2021. That, of course, would be July 7th for those of you who are working hard trying to figure out that math equation, but uh, <laughs> we'll help you out. Uh, yeah, welcome to the show. We've got a uh, ton of news as per usual. With me, as always, our co-host, Mr. Casey Green, joins us from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? Sweaty. <laughs> Actually, I would be if I didn't have this fan on. <laughs> oh. oh, yes. Hot and humid, I bet, in D.C. It is. It is. Yeah. The A.C. Just isn't keeping up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here uh, here in southern Ontario, we're just getting over a heat wave, and uh, weather's going to break with storm tonight, so uh, that'll make things a little different. So yeah, we do have the, the hurricane coming in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's going to break things up, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you'll notice that uh, Mr. Patrick Connor is not with us this evening, but uh, he says he will be back next week, so uh, we uh, say hello to Patrick today. Well, with that, uh, let's get into the news of the week, because, of course, Tesla never sleeps. There's always stories going on. And, of course, if you'd like to keep up with us during the week, throughout the week, uh, you can follow us on our Twitter feed, at The Tesla Life, or through our Facebook feed, The Tesla Life Numeral One. So uh, you can keep up on news that we post throughout the days of the week. First story today, of course, would be the earnings call. Well, not the earnings call. I guess it's the end of the quarter marker. So Tesla 2021 Q2 uh, just ended recently and uh, a new record uh, was achieved. We had uh, 2,201,250 2, deliveries uh, of Tesla vehicles during that quarter. Uh, and uh, production uh, was 206,421. Again, two new records uh, for Tesla for production and sales. And uh, if you recall last quarter, quarter one, that was a record as well uh, for a couple of reasons. Record for quarter one and record for all time. And of course, uh, with these numbers being even higher, we are now uh, at a brand new record. Uh, so over 200,000 vehicles sold in one quarter. And uh, Casey, do you remember back before the Model 3 when uh, we thought a, a large number was 30,000 in a quarter? <laughs> yes. This is also the first time in a while they haven't sold more than they built. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that channel. putting a few into the stockpile, I guess. Uh, I think, I think they just didn't make it out in time. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, yeah, it's uh, it is uh, quite an achievement, and of course, with new factories just on the edge of uh, starting up, these numbers are going to get a lot a lot bigger, and more records are going to fall uh, with uh, more production coming into the mix. Uh, certainly, these numbers are going to uh, be eclipsed uh, fairly soon. That they will. I'm excited. Uh, this looks like they're going to do 900,000 if they just continue on, but this this is Tesla. They don't just continue on. So uh, they may be at a million this year. I'm hoping for 1.1. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was my prediction. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, great, uh, great news. Uh, great quarter. And uh, now they start off again on quarter number three. And of course, we've even heard uh, information that a lot of the vehicles for quarter three, especially Model Y, have already, um, actually a lot of them have been almost sold out. So uh, just like the story was last quarter, Tesla started to, of course, uh, sell uh, into a new quarter before the, uh, the previous quarter was done because uh, they're counting on production uh, that's coming off the lines for that new quarter. So uh, yeah. that continues. So Model Y, Model 3 uh, certainly continue to be in high demand across the world. A whole bunch of uh, countries uh, has indicated that the Model Y is an overwhelming success, uh, as well as the Model 3, of course, uh, is popular and continues to be so. So is quarter three sold out or nearly sold out? I heard it was nearly sold out. Okay. So uh, if uh, if you're sitting on a fence, uh, you better get off that fence now. Uh, get your order in because uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be another sold out quarter. Uh, for Otherwise, the you're looking at a Christmas car. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Actually, a New Year car because of the way that they do it. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Next, next story. And this this is kind of leads into this story. Um there's been a, a number of reports uh, about Tesla used vehicles costing the same, or in some cases, even more than a new vehicle. And how is that possible? This uh, article from Inside EVs, uh, which, of course, all the stories we link into the notes. So if you want to go into detail, you can do that. But uh, this story talks about uh, used pricing of Tesla's uh, being equal or higher or a little bit lower than uh, new ones. So of course, uh, the typical car, car market, you can you can know that uh, approximately after three years of use of a vehicle, it loses approximately somewhere in the area of say 40, 50% of value. But that's not the case for Tesla. Uh, their cars are retaining those values. And in some cases, as this article mentions, it's even exceeding the purchase price of a new vehicle. And of course, a lot of that reason has become when you can get your car. So if someone is waiting for a vehicle, they're uh, most likely, uh, in a number of cases, they're willing to pay a little bit more to get that vehicle quicker. So uh, it, it, it's amazing, uh, but, uh, and, and I don't think I could follow into this, this particular type of purchase uh, but we've got some people that are paying equal or, or a little bit higher for a used vehicle compared to a new. Um, Casey, do you, could you ever do that? Or is that just, uh -huh. uh, would you have would a have problem to, with that? I'd have to really need a car. Um, yeah. My favorite one was the Model S long range that was going for a dollar more than a brand new Plaid. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm I just not. I just can't see that. You know, no. um, I don't think he's going to get see, that. You know, in the cases they're mentioning, you know, that car may only be under a year old. Um, we're not talking about a three-year car that's selling for over the price, uh, in, except for Casey's instance there. But that car hasn't sold yet, as far as I know. Well, it was it was a new Model S Long Range with okay, twenty-two so miles it was, on it. It was just before the refresh, then. No, it was refreshed. It had the the twenty-two inch wheels and everything, so it looks like the Plaid, but it it's slower. Okay. Yeah, and has one less motor, and so the guy has it listed for um. So like, say the Plaid is one thirty-nine. Uh, he's got it going for one thirty-nine one, <laughs> or oh one, and uh, he'll probably sell it, but hopefully not for that price. That's that's insane. That's, yeah, that's excessive. But mm. uh, it's I don't know. It's an interesting world. It. Uh, I was looking for a used Model 3, uh, have been for a while, just kind of keeping track of the prices. And yeah. of course, that, uh, you know, uh, 40 to 50% drop after three years did not occur. And <laughs> it, it doesn't look like Teslas are in that same, um, I guess, that, that same math equation uh, that normal cars are. Uh, although a number of um, other EVs are certainly in that equation. So... Tesla seems to be uh, the one that's outside of that uh, compared to other vehicles and manufacturers. So yeah, a couple of folks in in, in my local clubs uh, have been able to drive their cars for free and then sell them, and uh, not just the Teslas, but especially the Teslas, the Model Threes with uh, you know modest options, modest miles, and you know they just sell them and then they just get back in line because they only need one car for that quarter. <laughs> yeah. So uh, be interested to see what you out there think. Um, those in the chat room and, and others that are watching this, uh, send us a note uh, what you think. Could you ever pay more for a used vehicle compared to what it would cost uh, for the new vehicle? It's just that you would have to wait. What do you think? Right. Speaking of the chat room, um, Derek and Hockey Day were in there before we got started. And uh, I want to also say hello to JT24 and uh, apparently Kevin. Fantastic. Welcome all. Yeah. Um, next, we move on to uh, Tesla has now offered the Model Y standard range has shown up on the order books again. But there's a catch. There's a catch. There's it's a catch. only in Hong Kong. <laughs> so, but it's a legitimate trim <laughs> yeah it's 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 certainly legitimate and it's certainly available if you're in hong kong right uh so it looks like um i guess 244 miles is enough for the island of hong kong uh <laughs> it makes it a lot more sense you wouldn't even need a, a supercharger really on hong kong except for the amount of people but yeah. uh, in this uh, particular case it looks like Tesla wants to have a little bit of an offer cheaper than the regular version. Maybe they can sell a few more vehicles. And they believe, of course, if the vehicle sits on the island of Hong Kong for uh, all of its life, there's, there's no real purpose in having a, a long range uh, on the island. So that, wonder, op that option now exists. I wonder if there is a um, incentive that's, that's making it. So they want to bring this Yeah, back. maybe so. maybe there is that it's uh, you know it reaches a, a retail threshold price or something along that line. Yeah, I'm also curious now if because of this, when the cars are being Frankenstein by uh, folks like Richery Builds, 
a standard range rear wheel drive Model Y is now a valid configuration. Is it only valid if it also has right-hand drive or not? Because if not, then you could couple a, a Model Y together between a bunch of crashed cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, except, except as Rich found out, uh, the hard way. Oh, you won't supercharge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a definite drawback. When they enter in the serial number that that vehicle's been crashed, uh, even if you move the battery, it'll never yeah. supercharge again. So <laughs> there's definitely a drawback when it comes to that. That's for sure. Um, oh, this next one was cool. What was that? I said the next one is cool. Uh, yes. The boss distracted me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Hockey Day says nope. So I'm assuming that the nope is. Uh, he's he's at... not going to buy a, a used car more expensive than a new car. Exactly. That I'm part. with you, Hockey Day. <laughs> Absolutely. It would have to be a necessity. Like my <laughs> wife is currently saving for a Model 3 right now. And um... I think it's only good for ultra, ultra, ultra rich people. Like if you've been saving and waiting for that car, I think you're going to wait an extra three months. Right. Like yes. even if you had to go the extra quarter, I think you would wait. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's thrifty. So she won't, she won't pay over new. She'll just switch to a new if, if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, next story. Uh, Elon uh, presented at uh, the MWC conference in 2021. So this is a, a conference uh, that talks about telecommunication. Mobile and, World uh, Congress. He was, he was on the uh, his own uh, interview segment uh, via video, and he uh, talked about uh, a lot about uh, Starlink and what's been going on and how how um, SpaceX is positioning Starlink to kind of be uh, be the go between between fiber and five G. So he and he used that point a number of times through the presentation. There will be a link, of course, uh, if you'd like to watch the full presentation. But um, it was kind of interesting that he touched upon that point a few times during his presentation that uh, that uh, Starlink is this, uh, I guess, in between uh, that gives, uh, you know, it's, it's not fiber, uh, not 5G, but it gives you that ability to uh, to have that high-speed internet uh, at more access points uh, throughout the world that's currently not covered by 5G or fiber. So he, he also mentioned replacing fiber for the rural uh, 5G towers so they could meet their requirements. Right, right. So it, it would be a it would be a connection with 5G. Yeah, because in in that case it makes it. I mean, because the 5G towers are run by the fiber network guys, but uh, to run a fiber tower, a fiber connection to a tower out in the middle of nowhere, then you got to you know set everything up and, and make sure it's got battery backups, the right amount of everything. Versus if they can just put, put a dish on the very top next to the GPS receiver and <laughs> the battery bank and call it a day, put the antennas up, uh, it can make it affordable to meet their their rural uh, legal requirements. Right, because then you wouldn't have the uh, bearing of the cable or putting up of. Uh poles all the way to the tower to get that yeah. fiber into it and it could turn it in from a loss to a break even or even a continued profit so i mean if it's profitable to service you they'll put up more towers it's that way you're not having to be at the very minimum edge of your 5g right right so uh kind of interesting uh, he also touched upon some other figures and of course uh 
the um, the current Starlink has in the area of about seventy thousand current clients. Uh, of course, the the number that was put out there was sixty nine four twenty. Of course, they and, surpassed uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're obviously beyond that uh, at this point, but um, that's close to seventy thousand subscribers currently. And another interesting point is on subscribers, Elon had indicated that within the next twelve months they will be, he believes, at somewhere between 300 and 500,000 uh, subscribers in the next 12 months. Yeah. Currently, the network uh, has 1,700-plus uh, uh, satellites that are up and running. It, it can be accessed uh, now in 12 countries, and that number is growing almost uh, weekly. And here's the real interesting number. He believes that SpaceX will put in somewhere between five and ten billion dollars in investment before this network starts to turn positive cash flow. So, uh, you know, the infrastructure, the, the launching uh, of the satellites, the satellites themselves, the uh, infrastructure to um, have those base stations on Earth. Uh, the uh, production of those satellites and, of course, the new uh, type of satellites that will have laser communication between themselves, uh, you know, and the, the number of satellites, of course, increasing from 17,000 to, um, I'm sorry, 1,700 to 12 or 15,000 uh, is coming as well. So he, ta he talked about somewhere between five and $10 billion will be the investment uh, before he believes there'll be a positive cash flow uh, for Starlink, the company itself. Uh, Starlink on its own, which, of course, we've been told uh, that there will be some sort of an IPO in the future uh, when they can accurately gauge uh, what they feel the, uh, um, I guess, the uh, income is going to be from the company. So still yeah. a couple years away, apparently. And then once they get that positive cash flow, they'll be open to investment by uh, regular schmucks like us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, they are launching uh, now satellite version 1.5 with the laser links, and they'll soon be launching satellite 2.0. Uh, but since they have now completed the shell for everything but the, but the Arctic and Antarctic, I'm curious where 2.0 will go. Will 2.0 be the next layer up, or will they start replacing... Uh, existing satellites already. Yeah, how, how fast those satellites turn over, uh, of course, that goes into uh, whether you're positive cash flow or not, because of yes. course, if you're replacing those, uh, those satellites faster than expected, uh, that's a cost of launching, uh, getting them in the proper orbit, orbit uh, and then of course, uh, uh, doing it again as another one drops out. So I right. believe that... Um, the 2.0s and the 1.5s are supposed to be allowing them to uh, cover more land without uh, the need for certain areas to have base stations on Earth. Right. And of course, that makes sense in the poles. You do not want some sort of infrastructure that you have to maintain uh, <laughs> on the poles uh, in order for the service to work. So uh, having, that, <laughs> having that laser uh, communication in space is be far better than uh, trying to call a repairman to go out at minus 40 to repair something that's buried under two feet of snow 
Yeah. So, Plus, with uh, laser communication all the way through, it'll actually be faster to do everything through SpaceX than it would be through uh, a buried fiber, especially if um, everything goes up through a satellite with a laser and then comes down uh, in in the data center that you need it in. So that would be uh, a market improvement. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it was an interesting talk. If you've got uh, if you've got about forty five minutes, uh, I suggest you uh, look it up in the show notes and, and take a look. You can even put it on two uh, X. Well, Elon talks kind of fast. I put it on one point five. I don't think you'd pick it up all of it if you were on two X. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> uh, well, uh, next story is. Um... Of course, oh, there's a picture to go along with our next story. So we'll share it's, this. like pictures. And we'll share the screen here. And Casey, can you see that? I can. Very good. So we've got not only a report, but the pictures to back it up, uh, that the prefab superchargers are starting to arrive at Gigafactory, Texas. So you've got a shot there of a couple of flatbed uh, trailers uh, with, it looks like, uh, three segments. So that would be 12 superchargers uh, on three different uh, concrete pads that have shown up. And of course, uh, the concrete pad, the prefab uh, for the supercharger is supposed to speed things up uh, for uh, installation. That's not in use everywhere. Uh, this is... Uh, this is not something that superchargers are all like. Uh, some of the ones that are currently being built are still being built the old the old way, uh, where the individual components have been shipped in crates and are dropped off at the site and then installed by um, uh, the electrical workers. But uh, in this particular case here in uh, Texas, it looks like they're going to start with the prefabs. Yeah, a friend of mine was charging at a uh, supercharger in North Carolina, and it is uh, is the prefab. And uh, it was interesting that they didn't, um, they, they, they missed level by a little bit. And uh, so uh, they were managing to, uh, you know, have a nearly rolling the ankles if they stepped up onto the, <laughs> the pad. Oh, because like the, the pad was sticking above the, above the, the curb, the flat earth area. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got the, you got the curb and then you got the, the pad and then you've got the flat earth behind it and uh, three different levels. <laughs> And it's interesting that the, the photo we saw with the prefabs, they don't show the bullet, the bullards in place uh, right. to protect them. So I guess those are added after the fact as well. But it's not too hard to add bollards versus trenching the high voltage cables. And, you know, if you just got to plug them in once versus. But I would I would imagine the bollards would be. Um, you would think you would have to dig into the earth a little bit. Uh, yeah. in order for it to be, so you're going to have to dig through the, the concrete pad that's already there underneath everything. So assuming uh, you put them in at all, you, you've seen so many of them where they've been pushed over by a pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I, I gotta believe they're useful in, in a number of cases, but they are. there's probably, you know, once you have as Tesla does, when you have thousands of these installed uh, across the world, um, you can certainly start looking at statistics and saying, are these things ever hit? Uh, do we need to put them in place? Or is the the percentage of ones hit uh, indicate that we really don't have to go through the trouble? So that's or does it depend on where they are? Collecting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 
like, hmm, in the country, we got to worry about pickup trucks. In the city, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or or, so or that, whatever the numbers happen to be, obviously. <laughs> so that may uh, certainly uh, roll into their calculations as time goes along. And again, uh, that's uh, another bonus of Tesla owning the sites is that they get all the data. So, uh, and, and we're still waiting for a couple of things to happen with those sites. We're waiting for maybe uh, Wi-Fi to show up. Oh, yes. Or Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi that, uh, base station from Starlink. Yes, exactly. If they're <laughs> going to be hooked up, why would you not? Because a lot of those, uh, the vast majority of those superchargers typically have um, a little gated off section uh, where, of course, the larger uh, machinery is placed. The, the larger electrical equipment are typically stored inside a fenced off with a gate. Um, uh, you know, close to the supercharger site, and uh, to be able to place in a star, a Starlink uh, receiver rate on top of that uh, would be a perfect fit for them. Plus, I'm sure they get a more competitive rate as a Starlink customer yeah. than uh, than they do as an AT and T customer. <laughs> and, and while they're at it, I would also suggest to put up a couple of uh, tilt pan zoom cameras uh yes. those sites as well since uh since you're going to have the uh, bandwidth available to you you may as well use it as a security feature on top of that or at least a 360 or two yeah oh, we don't have to worry about motors that's yeah. right that's right uh, and hockey day says that, that they're read, already ones that can read license plates really well yes <laughs> hockey day says they're already installed <laughs> <laughs> they would install the poles for safety or lawsuits uh, yeah, some jurisdictions, they, they have them where it's required, and then others, I don't know why they do have them if they're not required, but uh, it, it seems to make sense to have something to, to make it harder to knock them over, because the, the the leaning tower of supercharger is uh, is unfortunately a common sight. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but of course, the, the bullards, as they're placed with Tesla superchargers, they're just you know, one between every supercharger. So it's not like there's two up front that are blocking it. If you uh, if you have a, a pickup truck that wants to, it could definitely back up and hit the supercharger without hitting a bullard uh, yeah. quite easily. If, uh, Good point. So they have the bare minimum of bullards. If you were aiming. <laughs> yeah, if you were aiming. So. <laughs> but uh, speaking of pickup trucks. Pickup uh, trucks. Yeah. Uh, Casey's got our next story. I do. So uh, Elon was on Twitter, and uh, let's see, how did it go down? Somebody was talking to him about two weeks, and uh, it, it was in there. I don't know exactly which which one he responded to get this this response, but uh, that was kind of funny. He, uh, he actually uh, <laughs> had a little self-deprecating humor with two weeks. And uh, so his, his response to the Model 3 owners and was, Friday afternoons are... Usually, so that'll be Trevor. Are, are usually Tesla Design Studio time. Cybertruck will be almost exactly what was shown, and we're adding rear wheel steering so it can do tight turns and maneuver with high agility. Lots of other great things coming. So, curious how it could be almost exactly what we saw, but also add rear wheel steering. Is this something that they missed when he got flustered in his presentation, or was it something added shortly after? Because they did mention that the design was pretty much locked in. So the design at this point should be working with suppliers and maybe trying to simplify things that were already on there for high manufacturability. So or hopefully it doesn't mean they're not know, done. 
or did they always know they wanted the uh, real world steering and they were just going to release it as a nugget as uh, I hope so. as time went along, um, hoping to, you know, boost uh, boost discussion about the Cybertruck like it needs to be boosted. But, right. uh, it, well, it, it, it sounds like a smart PR move just to kind of hold that back. No one's ever mentioned it. You never. know, it's never been discussed. It's not like we've seen the Cybertruck on a close course, seeing how tight the, it corners. I so, wonder if uh, this was part of the up. wish list while we were helping him design the car. And we we're like, hey, it needs locking diff. It needs uh, to fit Andre the Giant. It needs an uh, onboard generator. <laughs> I'm curious if that was one that was mentioned, because people were talking about uh, how much suspension travel it needs. And it's it's got a lot. <laughs> Can you imagine the number of suggestions he would have got having uh, millions and millions of uh, viewers on uh, Twitter just putting out that thing and saying, hey, what would you like to see? I saw a couple uh, thousand personally. About, I'm curious how many he got. Yeah. Put three talk, in. About, <laughs> talk about uh, crowdsourcing. What, a, what yes. a great resource to use. Yeah. Some of them he actually answered, yes, we're going to do that. Others he didn't answer. And um, so this, this is actually really nice because my Model X sometimes has difficulty in parking lots because it's it's so long and the Cybertruck is longer. <laughs> so um, I'm also wondering if this will help with, uh, remember he was talking about how he was going to do progressive steering with the yoke eventually. Uh, if the rear axle is, is electronically steered, then that might be closer than we imagine. Because there's no point in making it um, physically attached like, like they do currently with the front axle. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah drive, drive by wire certainly would be used uh, in the rear wheel wheel, the rear wheels uh, for steering. I would think. Yeah, I'm curious if they'll do like the like the Delphi system uh, 20 years ago now, uh, where. <laughs> so am I. Oh, we're back. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and on the highway, if it will. Um... If it will uh, steer the same direction, where um, that way, it, it, I don't know exactly why they steered the same direction on that way, but they, they other than they could well, steering steering the same direction would give you the crab walk, is what uh, GMC is saying for the Hummer, right? It gives you right, but they didn't call it crab walk in the two thousands because uh, no, what did they no. call it? When I have Delphi no idea what they called it then. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it was for stability or something. And, and of course, uh, typically, rear wheel steering is not as severe as the front wheel steering. So there's less right. of a degree that steering works in the back uh, compared to the front. But um, it can be. It could be. It could be exactly. <laughs> in fact, it could be more. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah. On the, on the monster trucks, it, it's pretty close. But on on the all the cars we've seen to date, production cars, it's been like up to 15 degrees. It's, it's not much. Right, but it's enough. I mean, every little bit helps, especially in yeah. something this long. So, uh, those of you with the Cybertruck orders, what do you think? Are you? Uh, and of course, will it come with every vehicle? I hope will so. It, it better be standard. Be, will it only be on the upper or mid-level trims as opposed to the bottom? Uh, I, I think so. that the less options there are, the the cheaper it is, and the easier it is for them to predict. Because then, you know, if they need to change the mix between long range and, and, and plaid, all they're doing is adding a motor and, and changing the battery out. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. It'd be uh, be interesting to see the, the turning radius and 
how it differs uh, with the rear wheels, the rear even, wheels, even better uh, steering uh, as well. Build it on all of them, and then, <laughs> and then oh, make software it an upgrade. Lock it. <laughs> upgrade <laughs> yes. it, yeah. Software yeah. lock. Exactly. You got the plaid; it's built in. You got the long range; it's five thousand. You got the standard range; it's there, but you can't do jack with it. <laughs> standard range is ten grand. <laughs> or, or that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it'll be uh, it'll be across the board or if it will be in, you know, something that you can add on later or um, or if it will uh, be just on select models. We'll have yeah. to see. A certain Canadian publication uh, jumped straight to crab walk while everybody else took Elon at his word and said, you know, that it improves uh, improves the turning radius. But uh, as Mark and I were just discussing, once once it's electronic. There's nothing stopping it except for uh, patents, and uh, they might be able to get around that, assuming that they could find a use case for writing it in the software. It, yeah. I don't know about how many times you need to do diagonal moves. I can't see that. Like <laughs> I would like it for parallel parking. Uh, you'd still yeah. have to come in on a weird angle. Like It, it would throw you completely off. Uh, but if, it, if the know, car was doing it... Yeah, if the car was doing it, yeah, but the... You know, just trying to judge. You could, you can certainly get used to it, but uh, I don't know if you've seen the GMC Hummer uh, commercial where they show the vehicle crab walking, walking from above. Yeah. And it shows that this vehicle is pressed between two banks of rocks. Yes. And it needs just to go this, you know, this sideways motion to get out of. And I'm going, how did you get in there first? Like, obviously, it's a, it's a contrived situation. It to is. To show the use of, uh, of that particular product. Uh, but uh, it looked kind of bizarre doing it. It's like, how many people are going to use that vehicle in those circumstances? Yeah. Probably not many. The only other example they gave was uh, where it's going around a garbage truck or some car that's parked on a one-way or something. And again, it's like... But what I think would be cool here is if you could use it with um, trailering. Uh, if you could do the four-way steer in the same direction, you could just whip your trailer around uh, a lot quicker. Or if you could do rear-wheel steering only uh, when you're reversing, then it becomes more predictable. Or if you do the typical counter steer, it just becomes uh, you know a tighter package to deal with when you're when you're making your turns without risking a jackknife. Right. Yeah. Okay. Possibilities. Well, uh, again, always like to hear more about the Cybertruck as it uh, approaches production, and um, there's a ton of orders. Like like we believe, there's you know a million orders out there. People want that vehicle, so uh, uh, I'm sure people will be happy to see four wheel steering uh, come to that truck for sure. Mm -hmm. Next, uh, Casey's got uh, an update for us. Oh, this is a Starlink story as well. Yeah. So back to Starlink. Um, some fool in a Prius. Here, <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, share a photo of this. Uh, this is definitely worth a share. Yes, it is. Was um, was pulled over by uh, CHP, California Highway Patrol, for uh, potentially obstructing his view. Potentially. And, <laughs> potentially. And, and then when the officer asked him, you know, hey, can you see? The guy said, yeah, as long as I'm not turning right. Uh, <laughs> the officer immediately issued a citation. <laughs> uh, his excuse was that he was using this to run his business. And I was thinking the whole time, what 
kind of business is that urgent that you need it on the hood? And what can you do legally while running down the highway with the data connection? The only thing I can think of is he's live streaming. But at that point, the audio is going to be terrible because, you know, it's, it's Prius on the highway. So... <laughs> Uh, everything else, uh, they, they probably should have looked for a laptop or cell phone and cited him for that as well, because uh, I think the only people allowed to run with a laptop down the street are, are the police, and they shouldn't be doing it either. For yeah. safety. <laughs> this, uh, this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen mounted to the hood of a moving vehicle. Um, ah, yes, JT24 said it was called Quadrasteer. That was the name of the uh, earlier version of it. Oh, okay. Thanks, JT. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't, like... Just Why not the roof? The wind, just the wind <laughs> force. Um, yes. it, wouldn't that screw up the dish placement? Like I it, it only has the, these little the, tiny motors. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the small servos in this thing, uh, they could stand up to highway speed driving? I doubt I, it. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Um so why not the roof? As well as uh there was a another small business owner who does use his that was uh, shown. Uh he has a land cruiser, Toyota Land Cruiser and 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 uh, while he takes pictures with it on the roof, he doesn't drive with it on the roof. He actually goes up there, takes it down, unclips it, puts it in the back. And then when he gets to where he's going, he puts it back up there. But before he leaves the zone, he puts in the new address for service to where he's going to be. That way, when he gets there, it's not outside of the lockout zone. <laughs> right, right. Yes, I don't know what this guy's doing because uh, just hoping the connection stays alive. That is just bizarre. Um I don't know. I don't know what the guy's thinking. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but uh, maybe he's just trying to get his way out of a ticket. I don't know. Just to say he's using it for business and uh, you're on the highway. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, he's I trying to rust the hood of it. I know that highways are typically slow in rush hour in California, but come on. Like, <laughs> I just cannot see it being useful anyway uh, because of the small servos. And, and, uh, and that was a third gen Prius, so it's not like he could say that he had uh, ADAS of any sort. It might have the latency warnings, and it didn't look like it was a high end trim, so it didn't have the, the the radar cruise that was available that year. Yeah, and I don't even know if it was available in America. <laughs> it just seems bizarre. So uh, don't do this at home because obviously you're going to get a ticket. And yes. and telling the policeman that you can see fine except when you make a right hand turn. Does not make a lot of sense. Like that that's not gonna the officer's not gonna agree and say, Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you mm -hmm. just you just uh, made your mind up not to make any more right way right hand turns, right? Yeah. Right. Well that's, they didn't say that criminals work. are brilliant. <laughs> yeah, this is this is uh, certainly not on the brilliant side. But uh, okay, on to the next. Um <clears throat> Elon uh, talks about the mind of car view. What yes. is that about, Casey? So we we, we may have seen the uh, wireframe view in the FSD City Streets beta public testers uh, that have been around, like uh, like the our friend Raphael that we spoke with uh, months yep. ago now. Uh, wow, it's been that long. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> um, so that, that would be uh, the update to that, where the car is showing you what it's thinking. That way you have confidence in what it's about to do. Very much like what we have with um, with Navigate on Autopilot, where it shows you where it's going to be making the turns, what it sees, uh, what it sees for stoplights and stop sign control beta. That way you can feel confident in, in what it's doing. So if it 
is rocketing up to a stoplight. In my case, it usually is. Uh, but I see that it sees the light is green or red and like a little text down below that says it's going to be stopping in 600 feet, uh, then I, I I won't be disengaging it coming up to the red light. But if I don't see the traffic light detected and I don't see the text saying that it plans to stop for traffic control, then I assume it doesn't see the red light and it's trying yeah, to kill you're, me. You're on high alert at that <laughs> point, aren't you? Yeah. So, 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 so being able to read the mind of the car is 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 pretty important, especially at this early stage where uh, you know the car may do the absolute worst thing at the absolute worst time. I believe was the quote. Uh, <laughs> having a little confidence and in knowing what it thinks it's doing uh, will be critical. So those type of alerts or warnings to the human occupant uh, will be key to allow them to know that that they believe the car will be performing the proper option at the proper time, um, as opposed to uh, just not seeing anything and just hoping that the vehicle does what it should do. Right. And and um, so. What's so funny? I'm losing my, what I was going to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's if it's like the um, like those messages you were saying, the car is going to stop in 600 feet, uh, and it's planning on doing that. But yeah. uh, or, or when it draws the path of where it's going to turn. So if you're like, if it's saying like, it's going like to go a, a light a light path going through the the streets, right? right? So where it's saying right. this is this is the sweeping turn the car is going to take. Right. Say you're in a left turn only lane. And it's drawing that's going to go straight. Well, you don't want it to do that. <laughs> right, right. Time to be on high alert again. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, and and, and uh... so it's it's probably going to be a re, uh, an enhanced look for that, a little simplified, a little prettier. Uh, Elon said he wasn't too keen on letting us all have the uh, the wireframe view. And of course, uh, as someone uh, responded, uh, when. The answer is two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> When's it come? Two weeks. Definitely. No, we didn't say definitely. Just said two weeks. <laughs> no, just two weeks. That's it. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, move on to the next story. And that uh, that's some exciting news from the Boring Company. It is. My favorite. So... Um, in Fort Lauderdale, the Boring Company has uh, won their preliminary bid. So they're now 45 days for competitors to submit their bids. And uh, this will hopefully ease traffic in Fort Lauderdale. This is going to be between downtown and the beach. So uh, yeah. I'm curious. So look at, looking at the map, um, looks like about, uh, about two miles from the downtown core uh, to uh, the beach and basically in a straight line too. Yeah. So is this gonna be the regular size tunnels or will they be the cargo size tunnels? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, would it be um, advantageous to have the bigger tunnel? Probably, uh, if you if you could afford it. I would go bigger if uh, yeah. just gives you more versatility in the future if it right. should be required. Yeah, you can get you can get shipments from uh, from downtown to the boardwalk, or I don't know how close it is to a port, but you could then you know get your Tesla Semi from the from the port to 
downtown <laughs> or wherever, however big this network ends up being. Yeah. Because right? yeah. they don't usually just do a little one shot. Now, what is interesting, if you go take a look at a topographical map of uh, Fort Lauderdale and the beach from downtown to the beach, in between, you've got a lot of different lagoons and waterways uh, that uh, the intercoastal and such, where people um, actually have their boats stored in their backyard or their house. Like uh, if Florida is, that's the big attraction of Florida is to have a boat uh, on the water and have accessible to your house. So there's a lot of these little lagoons that are all connected uh, for boats to get out into the intercoastal and to the ocean. So uh, this particular tunnel is going to have to go underneath a lot of these uh, water uh, features. So that's going to be interesting. Um, the well, tunnel obviously is going to have to be somewhat waterproof uh, in order to, you know, obviously they don't build it right in the water. They <laughs> dig under the earth, uh, under the water. Uh, yeah. but does that require it to be deeper than a typical tunnel? Certainly deeper than the ones that are in Las Vegas, I would think. Maybe, but the uh, the water table uh, is allegedly three feet there. So um, <laughs> it, it's, it's three feet is definitely smaller than even the smallest pouring tunnel. So uh, the, the beauty is that the, the, the tunnels are waterproof. The question then is, is the new boring tunnel boring machine um is it able to hold back any sort of fluids or will it just be uh pumping it out from behind as as they keep going yeah that's uh is it uh, and we've never seen the actual boring machine in action besides it being above land we've never really seen it is it and when it broke through in like, vegas is it doing something like the the channel and the other ones have done is that there there are concrete uh, segments on pallets that roll into it automatically and it, as it drills the hole it places the uh, concrete uh, pieces around the outside of the tunnel and uh, seals it as it moves yes um, so if that's the case then um, you know i don't think that's going to be a big uh, difference for what they've done elsewhere uh, there um special sauce is supposed to be that they can do that part in one step rather than dig and stop and build and switch back and dig and stop and uh, repeat but i don't know that they are 100 percent there yet with uh they didn't say for sure what the new machine is able to do um, or if it's entirely too boring spec or if it's just another um update to an existing system that's just closer to what they were trying to achieve. Right. One of the big advantages of the uh, boring machine um, is its ability to start on flat on land and then start to dig into it or burrow into the ground at an angle. Uh, whereas traditional tunneling machines, a big hole has to be dug, the machine placed and assembled in the hole, and then it goes off and starts drilling into the uh, into the uh, ground uh, from a level surface. But apparently the, the boring uh, company's machine should be able to angle itself into the earth and then dig down and then straighten out once it's uh, at the proper depth and actually come up out of the ground on an angle as well. So- You know what that reminds me of? That, that they are supposed to be uh, ahead of the game in. Reminds me of the uh, Shredder's uh, 
tunneling machine in the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> or um, more recently, um, uh, the uh, in the um, the Pixar film, um, The Incredibles. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the the mole creatures had a machine like that. So well, here's uh, a, here's a write up on the new one, Proofrock. It's arrived in Vegas, exactly. and its 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 goal was to be faster than a snail. That was yeah, yeah. That was its whole <laughs> goal. So, so again, uh, it looks like um, Fort Lauderdale is they've agreed uh, to the proposal that uh, that the boring company sent, uh, but of course, uh, as Casey mentioned, uh, they've got about a forty five day wait. Uh, as they see if there's any competing bids to come in from other companies uh, to to uh, propose something as well. I wonder who the competition is right now because they would have to there's be able to be, dig a smaller there's tunnel. Be no, there's going to be no competition on this bid. Bezos like, comes in, loses, and yeah. sues. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't see another uh, another you know, a uh, tunneling company that's already uh, up and running uh, because they just they just can't compete with the price. Um, right, because the existing ones, they make bigger tunnels for way more money and never on time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, Tiff who? <laughs> and again, the, the mayor of Fort Lauderdale, along with the mayor of Miami, had both gone out to see the operation uh, at the Las Vegas Loop. So they were yeah. there in person to see what it looked like, how it was operating, and uh, I guess we're significantly impressed enough uh, that uh, they want to move ahead with it. And that'll be, uh, if this goes ahead, it'll be, of course, the first installation of a boring tunnel on the East Coast. So we look forward to that, uh, to see if uh, this project can move ahead. Because that other one that happened uh, or on the East Coast was like Maryland, Baltimore area. Yeah, um, where something was supposed to go on, and they were, they were of... even talking about um, uh, particular uh, blocks that were going to be used for um, underground uh, stations, but uh, nothing ever came of that. There's there's been a little bit of political change since then, so we'll see if it if it comes to fruition. Yeah, well, of course, with more and more of these, uh, if they can get it to uh, go ahead, uh, another example in the United States uh, will draw in more clients um, yes. as uh, people start to notice that not only does it work in the desert, it works uh, in Florida. Uh, Underwater. With a low water table. So <laughs> yeah. that will be another uh, feather in their cap. With limestone. <laughs> with limestone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so very good. Well, um, any, any questions in the chat room for us, Casey? Um, so JT was saying room? that he was upset by the aerodynamics done to the uh, to the Prius, and I agree. <laughs> aerodynamics done. <laughs> and then here here's Proofrock uh, or or uh, a demo of Proofrock at least doing uh, the uh, the angled burrowing you, you spoke of. Ah, and, and again, okay. it looks exactly to me like like uh, Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Very good. Yeah. Well, with that, um, Casey, what do you got going on this week? What's what's happening on the Casey Green channel? So uh, I got my uh, latest test box, which included this graphic. What's that? It's upside down? Or no, it's no. not. Okay. 
It's a burn of the Cybertruck. It's it's a little bit blurred. Your camera's still blurring it. Yeah, reason. let me let me get on that right now. Turn off the blur. Oh, where'd you go? <laughs> I clicked the button and it went away. There we go. There we go. It's clear now, right? That's better. Yep. Yeah, so it's a burn of the Cybertruck. It's looking oh, for me. Yeah. <laughs> and keep searching for you. <laughs> so a burn of the Cybertruck. And then um uh, I managed to injure my wrist with the in there was a uh Glass breakage kit, which included a ball bearing, which was funny because uh, fronds. And then there was a uh, a tool that looked um, special, according to all the females that opened it. And uh, so with that, it um, I, I tried to use it on a prop. So I went to the junkyard and bought a window and, and tried to break it. And instead it broke me. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and then just a few days later, um, we, we got those calls about folks with the uh, trapped in the plaid. And um, I said that was bogus. So I went to prove it. And so I went ahead and made a video showing you how to get out of every Tesla from Model S to Model X to new Model S and Model X, and uh, including the Model 3 and Model Y. And uh, so my last demo was showing you how to get out of the Model X. And uh, those doors weigh a couple hundred pounds. And um, I injured ah. my shoulder. <laughs> So uh, you've been out injuring yourself for the channel. Yeah, yeah, but doing like just basic stuff that should not injure you. And whoops. <laughs> oh man, not good, not good at not all. Good. So uh, yes, yeah, so you better ease off in the uh, physical demonstrations. Obviously, uh, at least for a little while. <laughs> at least you heal up completely. Exactly. And uh, so uh, you can find that at, uh, at YouTube.com/slash/slash/CaseyGreen. Uh, I think so. <laughs> very good. Hold the name. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, as mentioned before, if you're with us already to this point in the video, please give us a thumbs up. That helps us out. And uh, if you want to help us out even more, press that subscribe button and uh, that gets us in front of more eyes. So we would appreciate that. Thumbs up and subscribe. Uh, doesn't cost you a dime and helps us out. So uh, thanks very much if you have done so. And with that, uh, we will wrap it up for this week. And uh, we want to thank Lee Moon for the music we use every week. And again, uh, follow us on Twitter at The Tesla Life or our Facebook page, uh, The Tesla Life Numero One. And with that, we will see you next week and find out what's going on in The Tesla Life. Good night, everybody. Have yourselves a great week.